0: Welcome again to the Pod Pod. It's the boy Dossie here talking all things AFL fantasy. And we are getting through our team previews, of course, talking about the Brisbane Lions. Joining me, as always, on all these uh, team preview podcasts, I have some astute fantasy coaches. And I've got two, two-time top ten finishes. In Kyle Holmes and John Harmy, I'm also joined by the OG of the Pod Pod, Louis, a regular in that top 1,000. Going to get through the team numbers for Brisbane in our second last team preview before we start talking about a few players here. So let's talk about the Brisbane Lions from 2023. Second on the ladder, falling just short, as we know, in the grand final. An awesome grand final it was to watch, but four points shy, unfortunately, for Lions fans. 12th, though, for fantasy scoring. Uh, Wasn't what we wanted to see from the Lions, including a few premiums, probably not getting to the lofty heights we may have thought they would. 12th overall for fantasy scoring. That was number one, though, for total clearances and center clearances. They liked getting it out of the midfield nice and quick. They were second for stoppage clearances as well, just behind the Bulldogs. So a lot of midfield work getting their game plan going. Third for inside 50s, second for marks inside 50s, third for total marks, which you would have thought would be an okay game plan, and fourth for meters gained per disposal. But this is where fantasy coaches were hurt. 17th overall for disposals and 18th for tackles. So that's where the Brisbane Lions really weren't getting their fantasy scoring. They were agonizingly close to glory though, Harmy. The game plan clearly holds up. Is it just going to be more of the same for the Lions this year?
1: Yeah, we well said they got a heap of touches, though, didn't you? So, Sorry, heap of clearances, but not that many disposals. So they'll get Correct. the kick in the middle straight into their forward line, where they must be uh, by the yep. sounds of things there. So, yeah, I mean, geez, they'd be pretty happy with that. It means that those players that are uh, on the outside probably weren't getting much of a touch and... and um, yeah, weren't, weren't getting much uncontested possession. So that would make sense because, remember, McCluggage was pretty quiet early and it wasn't till he came into those CBAs till his scoring lifted again. So, yeah, no, interesting stuff there, mate. All right, let's check out the trade period
0: for the Lions and see what they changed in the offseason. The trade-ins, Tom Duday coming across from Adelaide think he's still going to be missing a little bit of the early parts of the season coming back from his injury, though. Um, and Brandon Ryan coming across from Hawthorne. The outs, Tom Fullerton heading over to Melbourne, Jack Gunston going back to Hawthorne. Paul Reese the Beast, Matheson getting uh delisted there. The, the, what was that? The barometer. That's right. Uh, always a favorite <laughs> of Brisbane fans. Uh, Marcus Adams retiring, Nakai Cockatoo retiring, and Daniel Rich, the big one there, had a massive career for the Brisbane Lions, but wasn't there towards the back half of that year anyway, dropping himself um, in a newsworthy headline last year. The buy round. Let's discuss the buy round with our buy round expert, Holmesy, filling in for the Statesman who's taking a little hiatus on these last few podcasts here. They have the opening round buy, meaning they've got a very early buy, round two and then round 12, Holmesy.
2: Yeah, in terms of buy rounds for for Brisbane, it doesn't really get much worse um, in terms of having that round two buy. So you're only going to get them scoring for one round before they're off on their buy. And then they also have that round 12 buy, which means... Uh, in terms of you'll be able to get them off their buy, which would be pretty good in terms of looking to target those players in rounds 13, 14, and 15. Uh, But in terms of having them from the start, it's a little bit more of an early buy round, although it seems at the moment that the popular players in the uh, preseason have their buys in round 15 and 14. So that's not too bad from that point of view. But yeah, the fact that they're missing two games out of the first 12, it makes it a little bit tricky when looking to start them initially. Let's look at a player that very many
0: coaches are keen to start. There's only one popular pick over 10% owned to start the season. Right now, of course, uh for the Brisbane Lions. Kadean Coleman, Louie, six hundred and twenty-eight thousand bucks. He's twenty-seven percent owned right now by eager coaches following what was an absolutely mammoth display in the grand final 26 disposals eight marks six tackles he had 127 for Brisbane no other Brisbane line cracked the ton Uh, it was an amazing display in that on the big stage yeah 27%
3: really surprises me not just only given the buy but uh, what this guy was able to do sort of in season I do just have this feeling that that grand final plenty of eyes on it uh, just made fantasy coaches sit up and watch a little bit and Mate, it was a fantastic first half. I think he turned up by half time uh, despite actually only going at 127. So it does suggest that he can go missing a little bit. And that's kind of where my concern really lies. When I do look at what he's done during the season and some of his floor games, like we're talking 48, 49, 48, uh, 68 here. So... Uh, that's sort of where my concern is. If that starts that way, then you'd immediately lose money and you're probably trading out at the buy anyway. So I've, I've seen that there's been a little bit of conjecture that Daniel Rich uh, out may benefit Kitty Coleman, but we have to remember that uh, Daniel Rich didn't actually play a lot of footy ne- uh, last year. And I think the, the sort of comeuppance of a bloke like Connor McKenna Uh, And even Ryan Lester towards the end of the season really came on like others didn't expect that it kind of hurts him in season. So for me, he seems like more of a a quality over quantity guy. And uh, I don't think uh, the addition of Connor McKenna uh, last season should be understated because, and I feel like I've mentioned this plenty, the game is sort of transitioning towards a faster game style. And Connor McKenna is that
0: guy that can really run and gun it out of defense. Harmy, do you have any different thoughts? I, I know for me, I actually owned uh, Kitty Coleman last year during his late season run. I was struggling to find, you know, I never filled my backline last year, which was typical of my horrid season, but I was looking for a cheaper option late in the season. He fit the bill and he actually did average 89 in his last five and was pretty solid on the run home. And it looked like he just something clicked that was different. Obviously the role, as you said, Lou, the role wasn't really too impeded by Daniel Rich. He wasn't really in the picture, but Kitty Coleman still had a really strong back half of the season.
1: Yeah, he did. I think I actually traded him in a few, a uh, few weeks before you, mate. So I had him for quite a period last year, um, but that early buy and. Um, yeah, the floor, I'm not that inclined to go with him this year and I'm very surprised about the uh, the ownership. I'm not sure what's with this, some of those ownership stats. I'll probably question them. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think he's quite a good player and the Lions like the ball when his hand's coming out of the back line. They kind of try and use him, but as soon as he has somebody standing next to him, that sort of cheap outlet mark kick he's gone so um, yeah I'm just not in love with the idea of starting him this season we've focused on the
3: floor a little bit here but it's the ceiling as well that concerns me so 111 which he did this season was uh, within the season his highest ever fantasy score and obviously exceeded that in the grand final but uh, sort of like to see a little bit more than that I would have thought being the kick mark player that he is that he might have had a few ceiling games in there but that's why I sort of did say like it feels like it is quality over quantity for Coleman and I think that's how Brisbane can play their best footy as well and clearly it worked I know they didn't win the flag but he was able to really um, cut up the opposition in that final series and it wasn't off the back of finding a bunch of the ball it was a it was off the back of you know a lot of a a lot of kicks, not a lot of handballs, a few marks in there, but uh, don't find it as sustainable as what uh, what I'd like it to be. All
0: right, we'll move on to the top three averaging players from last year and, you know, whether or not we decide we want to talk about these premiums as starting options, if you're just going to ignore that buy, I think I think we're all on the same page in that these guys we're really probably going to be looking at after their buy, if at all. So that's probably what we're going to be talking about from our perspective anyway, on the next few players. But number one averaging player for Brisbane last year was Josh Dunkley. 104, probably a little bit lower than we maybe expected Holmesy, but coming into a sort of a lower fantasy friendly scoring team, it's maybe a little bit not surprising.
2: Yeah, look, the numbers are a little bit misleading though. I think he was going at 108, 109 before he had his calf injury that in the middle of the year. And from memory I'm pretty sure that calf injury he scored a 75 but he had that ticked off at halftime so that was on track for another monster too. He he plays a fantastic role in that system where he's the he's the grunt in the middle he applies all that tackle pressure. There's plenty of stoppage points but the Josh Dunkley that we know also gets involved in transition as well. So he's someone that I I do expect to push top 8 numbers if he if he has a full run at it. He's He's always had these patches of 120-plus scoring. Um, and it's, you know if you can put it together for a full season, he could be absolutely anything. He just always seems to have these weird little injuries in season. And the, the evidence says that he comes back a little bit hard from them. So he he struggles to score when he comes back. So uh, with the early buy, you can't touch it. But he he's definitely someone that we can look to target at some point throughout the season if he maybe drops a little bit or he, he is looking to be a top eight mid. Yeah, he even dropped that once. Was it last year?
0: He dropped the one seventy at one point. Yeah, okay. He's certainly got the ceiling. I've traded for him in my keeper league last year, so I'm hoping he can bounce back to a, back to a juicy one ten plus would be nice at some point. I'll be keeping my eye on him early season. Lockie Neal, ninety seven average. Uh, Louis, eight hundred and seventy six thousand bucks. The Brownlow medal, as well. Yeah, and you mentioned the Brownlow medal,
3: mate. He won it last season and he went at 97. So he's doing the right things and it's not translating to fantasy. So being a bit of an older player now, uh, I think he's more... I, mean, I don't want to call him a role player, but I think he knows what his position in the side is now and he's an absolute jet. I think he led the competition for clearances. He knows what he's good at. He doesn't have to get caught up in that fluff and there probably are better ball users as well that can sort of get out on the outside. So... For me, Lockie Neal priced it, I assume, 97. Uh, is yeah just a guy who's probably going to go about the same, I
0: think. Well, a guy that has typically relied on disposals for his his score, typically like a 30-33 disposal type guy, and they were 17th for disposals, as we've said a few times. So um, still managed 97, as you said, still has an amazing role and won the Brownlow, but uh, yeah, maybe tough to have uh, significant upside at that price. Now, at... Third overall average last year for the Lions. Uh, Harmy is a favorite of mine. And uh, he averaged eighty-nine last year. That's way down on what
2: Huma Cluga Huma 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 Cluga Huma 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 can
0: do. So Harmy, what do you reckon McCluggoat can go this year?
1: Oh, that was one of your Uh, Best, I reckon, Dossie, that song. (laughs) That was a bloody good one. Um, Look, without Ashcroft in the team um, until halfway through the season, there's a good chance that he could start on fire, hey? Because, I mean, they're not going to put Zorko back in there. So it's probably Barry or um, McCluggage that gets the... um, the, the larger proportion of CBAs. So, yeah, he's probably not a bad one to um, start the season. Um, I think he was pick three behind uh, McGrath and Taranto, um, but he was, he's as good as those guys. Like he's a, he's a very good player. So, yeah, I can see him in the midfield and with a uh, sort of big clock early on and uh, off to a hot start. That, that Ashcroft
3: injury is actually really encouraging as well because looking at some of their CBAs here, Lockie Neal was at a whopping 87%. Uh, Josh Dunkley at 80%. And then it drops down to Will Ashcroft himself at 44%. So Hugh McCluggage, 42%. Did have that. Um, he did start to improve towards the back end of the season, obviously coinciding with... Uh, Will Ashcroft going down. But I think one of the largest points here is that it's uh, contract year and we love that in fantasy. Sometimes they just switch it on a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Hugh McCluggage sits, but I'm expecting those
0: CBAs to spike quite a bit. Very quick comment, Holmesy. Could you go the cheeky zag if uh, if Sam Walsh has a little bit of a down opening round and the Cluggoat goes for the 130? Could you maybe switch your plans and, you know, With Walsh priced at ninety four, cluggage priced at eighty nine, could you could you maybe rotate that plan around?
2: Nah, look, Doss, I don't think you can, purely based off those stats you rattled off to start the podcast, mate. They're the one of the lowest disposal sides in the game. They're high stoppage, low transition. Sorry, Omzi, um, you just I, got uh, drowned out a bit there, mate. Um,
1: <laughs> so, sorry yeah, about
2: that. A- I think he'll be value on his eighty-seven price tag. I think he could potentially get off to a hot start, which means his price would spike a little bit. But I can't see him being one hundred and five plus and being someone we can hold for a long, long period of time. Not in that system. He's a he's a great player. If Lockie Neal was to go down and he and he was that M one or M two, then absolutely you'd look at it. But they're, going, they're not going to change too much after being that close in a grand final. All
0: right, let's look at some rookie options which may be a chance to uh, provide some value for us. And I'll we'll start with you, Lou. Bruce Revel, 200K mid-forward, mate. Any interest?
3: Never heard of him, mate. You got, <laughs> you got some numbers there
2: to, to help the <laughs> listeners out. I was <laughs> I was hoping you could help me out on I that. Think I he's think he's mature he... age. I think that's the only thing I know about him is that he might have been on their VFL list for, for a while or whatever it was back before they became VFL, and they've given him a list spot. But I don't think he's a high scorer, but people are looking at him because he's mature age. I was that confident you'd
0: have an idea that I didn't even bring up his VFL stats, mate. He's seven. He's nearly 7% owned. So obviously, we need to do our research on Bruce Revel. I'll bring his numbers up when, whilst uh, Harmy You talk about Kai Lohman, a bit of a key forward for the Brisbane Lions, 257000 bucks. I actually quite like Lohman, to be honest.
1: Yeah, he's a bit of a shorter forward. The um, uh, He was a high draft pick from memory, like top 30 at least, and uh, I remember a few teams were chasing him last season because he was out of contract at the end of the season, and I know that because the Bombers were one and threw an offer to him, I think. Uh, he elected to stay with the Lions, um, which makes me think that uh, they've sort of given him an indication that he could be best 22 without too much trouble. So... Priced at two fifty seven forward, so yeah, it might be worth just keeping an eye on at the moment.
3: Yeah, I just read an article the other day too, where Kyle Lohman got a little bit of a pump up too. As one of those guys who could could impact in twenty twenty four, and uh, his average probably isn't reflective of what he can do. He was sub for four games, but outside of that, average sixty in the two games where he was able to play full game time. So if he can go at that, and he's got a he's got a spot in that side, then potentially. Uh, a few years in the system, he might
0: be one of the ones that shoots out the blocks for us. Sorry, I did mean medium forward, you're right. He's 185 centimetres. I think it's more of a Jack Gunston replacement, even though Gunston didn't play a stack at the back half as well. Uh, definitely one to look look at in the pre-season. Uh, Bruce Revel, a Category B rookie deal uh, for one year following a stellar season in the VFL. So 22-year-old, only averaged around 69, I think it is. So 70 in the VFL from 10 games. So... Um, oh, that was 2021. I'm going to have to go to the next one. Jeez, I've really butchered Revel here. Uh, Devin Robertson, though, Louis, I think you, we were going to talk about him, but you've said that there is some uh, injury concerns here. I'm just going to talk about him anyway. 348000 bucks. Obviously denied that move west to be part of this potential premiership team as well. Played all the final series, including the granny. And with Will Ashcroft missing, the role could be there, but maybe injury concerns.
3: Yeah, I uh, had a broken wrist postseason uh, and then just a couple of weeks ago was going back in for surgery on that wrist. It was uh, clearly giving him some issues, but we spoke about how tight-knit that uh, Brisbane Lions midfield mix was. Neil, uh, McCluggage and uh, obviously Dunkley. I'm not too sure where Devin Robertson fits within that. So for that reason, at 300 and... 48k, he makes me a little bit nervous. And if he has had an interrupted preseason, then uh, even more so. Third go
0: on Revel. (laughs) 68 average from 12 games. So a little bit worse in 2023 than 2021. All right, let's move on to the points of difference. Just a few more names from Brisbane. Dane Zorko, you did mention him before, Harmy. Could he move back into the guts? You don't think so. 85 average, but he did average 100 in his last five games of the regular season last
1: year. Uh, LeBron, well, you can, yeah, imagine that you'll just late charge at the finals probably, but you're not going to invest in a 35 year old injury. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of injury history as well. Was
0: plus 14 points better without with Will Ashcroft?
1: Still an beat. All right,
0: Zach Bailey, Holmesy,
2: 72 average. Where
0: you know that forward line's looking pretty gross. Zach Bailey, an option.
2: I think we've got enough data on Zach Bailey now to to essentially say that this is what he is. He's that pure X factor player. He can he can get the three Brownlow votes from a half forward flank off, you know, twelve touches and and three or four brilliant goals. So that's the role he plays. He gets little spurts of midfield time, but that's what he that's what they want him to do. And because of that, he's always going to be a you know a seventy to eighty type guy. So not the not the fantasy premium that we're after.
0: Have we got enough data as well on Cam Rayner now, Louie, at 575,064 average? A bit more midfield time, though? Well, if he does get midfield time,
3: there would be a little bit of interest. He is that power mm-hmm. athlete that does take a couple of years to develop. Uh, apparently, he's as eight fit as years he's to ever been, so Eight years, is it? yeah, I just plucked that. I have no idea. but. <laughs> Look he was a number one pick so he is highly rated. Uh, we've seen it in glimpses at times but I'm not sure the consistency is going to be there. It's probably going to be if he does get that midfield time uh, consistently the first time he's in there so uh, with a beast who's clearance beast like Lockie Neal, uh, I'm not sure he's going to be
0: able to get the amount of pill that we need for him to hold a sustainable average. Harmy, Jared Berry, 666000 He's now 27 years old, I think, 26, 27. Averaged only 74 last year, but 91 and in, uh, in his last three was 12 points better without Ashcroft in the side, according to our With Without stats. Is he a mid-price option following his buy?
1: Nah. No, he's not. I think last year he must have come in a bit um, cheaper. He must have come a bit injury from the season before. I think so. He, I think it was not a bad buy at the start of last season. But I think once you see him going into the midfield, he he really takes over as that defensive midfielder and takes the pressure off Dunkley a bit. Um, if they need someone to do a tagging role, it seems to be him too. So um, I'm not very uh, you know keen on the role. So probably no from me, dos.
0: Just want to give this guy a shout out. Jasper Fletcher for your keeper leagues as well. I just it's a it's too hard in classic, but keeper leagues. Any other names we want to talk about on the lions, lads? It's a, it's a tough one with the bye, isn't it? Yeah. There's a there's shakes of the heads all around and then there's nods of the head with the bye. All right, well, that'll wrap it up for the Brisbane Lions podcast. We've got one more to go. One more team in our team previews. Collingwood is up next. We will see you for the final team preview soon.